your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to you a Tuesday. Lacrosse Talk PM, busy, busy show. I'm going to try to make my intro here real short, probably because I don't have anything. And uh, bring, I got two guests coming on, Doug Happel, District, uh, District 12 City Councilman. And we're going to talk about... So we're going to talk about the more more generalized thing that has something to do with Mayor Mitch Reynolds, something that he pulled off a committee agenda for Thursday. Essentially, Reynolds was going to hire a public relations firm on a one-year contract to do public relations. And... Pulled that off the agenda after hearing from some, he said, some city council members and some constituents, I believe, that maybe this needed to go through a different process. Uh, Somebody brought up, some people brought up that someone working within that firm was a, what was it, was a uh, a volunteer, volunteer during his campaign. So did Mitch hire this firm because somebody volunteered on their campaign? Uh, so we're going to bring Doug Happel in. The, the, the process, and talk a little bit about the process of how the city goes about stuff like this. And there's a whole diff- there's a whole bunch of ways to do that. And from what Mitch t- sent me, he sent me an email a little while ago uh, just in, in dealing with this. He says an RFP process. So super fun. I'm sure that's just going to be a really exciting talk from Doug Happel describing an RFP process, a formal request process. It's kind of a mouthful when you say it. Um, but there's, you know, the, the essentially, and I wanted, I just want to bring up other ways that the city does this. The city wants to hire a homeless coordinator, right? So it's a job interview. It's And it's not a one-year contract. That's going to be a new position. So I think the the council and the committees will have to approve that idea, and then somebody will have to hire a homeless coordinator, and then um, and, and another another aspect of this is when, let's say the lacrosse center needs to be expanded, and um, it's going to cost you know anywhere from twenty to fifty million dollars. Well, who's going to do that? You put that out for essentially a job interview, but people call that bids, right? We're put it out for bid. And the city's going to look at those bids and what? Take the lowest bid? Hey, we'll do that for $20 million. Yeah, but your Google reviews are pretty awful. I don't know who we want. <laughs> like $20 million sounds great, but your Google reviews, I don't know. You're, you, you don't have a great rating on Yelp. <laughs> your Amazon reviews are terrible. Um. Or this other group who's going to be at $42 million or so. And they've worked with the city before. And the city knows their work and trusts what they're going to do. And it looks like they're going to do all the things that the city wants for the lacrosse center. Where this group doing $20 million with the bad reviews, you know, they're going to cut some corners here and there to get it down to $20 million. So what's the city? Does the city go with the lowest bid or does it take the... You know, does it essentially do a job interview process for whatever company or firm it's going to hire to do the lacrosse center? So I think that's, I I want to say that's kind of what's going on here with a a one-year contract on a public relations firm for the city. But did they take, did the city, did, did, did Mitch get enough 
like interviewees, so to speak? Did we put it out there? Uh, Is it a commercial? I haven't watched commercials in a while on TV because, you know, Netflix. And if you pay for the subscription on Hulu, if you use your friend's subscription, you don't have to pay for commercials. Um, What? Stealing Hulu? Um, But the uh, equal equal opportunity employer, you always hear that. I think you probably hear that on some commercials on here uh, every once in a while. So is that that the case for for this? Hiring a PR firm for a one-year contract, but it's not a job, so to speak. It's more of a one-year contract. So what's the, you know, is is it you have to... Do you have to put it out there for, you know, do you need 10 people to come back and talk to you about it? Do you need two, I guess, two people, two entities, I say people, but entities, two groups came back with, uh, and and Mitch said the other group was 10 times higher, which means that they were at over a half million dollars. Imagine the PR you would get for a half million dollars. So anyway, and I, I, I'm going to talk to Mitch about this on Monday, as long as he comes on. Usually Mitch comes on the Monday, the mayor comes on. The Monday before uh, the city council meeting, so it's committee week for those of you that uh, that like to be involved in government. This is committee week, so this would be the week that you get involved, get on there, get your powerpoints on there, figure out how to put your powerpoints on the Zoom calls, and and go from there. If, you, if nobody's this is a very inside joke for anyone that watched the city planning commission meeting yesterday, as a public commenter tried to do a PowerPoint over Zoom. Didn't work out completely smoothly, but hey, props to you for even trying to do that. So, okay, so I'm going to talk to Doug Apple about that. That's part one of the show today. I'm going to try to get out of here so I can get Doug on so we can do all that. Part two of the show is Dr. Aaron Engel, the lacrosse school superintendent. And I said to him, I'm, <laughs> I want to have you on, but I don't want to talk about masks. And I don't want to talk about school resource officers because I think all summer, every time I had Dr. Aaron Engel on, and I think this is, it's, it's, we've gone through a pandemic. So maybe it's been five years on the job, but it might just be, this might be like his one year on the job anniversary. I think it might be two years. It feels like 10. So I'll ask him too, because I don't know. I could Google it too, but you know, I'm going to pretend it's back in the old days when you have Google. Um, no, I think it's. I think this is maybe his one-year anniversary, and the first time he's going to start school tomorrow in person, unless he was here two years ago and there wasn't a pandemic. I don't remember. Uh, all right, so those are the two people I'm having on, and just a couple of things with Dr. Aaron Engel because we, I, I gave him. I said, don't. I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is talk about school lunch because I ranted about that yesterday. And that can we get into a scenario where the beer by bike brigade isn't funding? Uh, school lunch debt for all the children in the lacrosse community and surrounding communities as well. So uh, thank you, Beer by Biker Brigade. Also, I wish we didn't need that. <laughs> so, and that kind of plays into the uh, the Waukesha School District opting out of a federally funded school lunch program because the kids were going to be too spoiled or the families were going to be too spoiled and they would get addicted to it. Addicted to lunch. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Like... <laughs> immediately fire these these people you're uh, immediately recall those board members however you do it just like you're done you have no idea what's going on do you even know what kid children are um all right so but and honestly the the walker uh, I, I read a story the waukesha school district reversed that effort i think in the last 24 hours they probably did that while i was ranting about it but it's still i wanted to rant about it all right brad's got to do the news we'll be back 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. You want to text me, 608-785-7914. Right now i got Doug Happel on, Lacrosse City Council member, FNP, FNP committee member too as well, Doug, right? Yeah, actually, I, I foolishly got myself to be chair of that committee. So. Oh, good. Well, you're not doing it. What else are you doing? I mean, you're on the, the, the police and fire commission. Fire commission. Basically, basically that I'm retired, so I cut the grass occasionally. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Well, I mean, you're not the grass czar, though, right? No, I don't. I'm absolutely not. I, surprisingly, Rick, this, I have never had a year where I've gotten so few complaints about uh, people's yards being too long. Well, it's because we had a drought for the first half for the that first three quarters. Probably had a lot to do with it. <laughs> Maybe the weeds are could have got out. I, I talked to the fire chief Ken Gilliam. He said there one of their one of his guys is the the grass snows are. Yeah, because all all the, all the building inspection, which actually fits underneath that, is now under the fire department. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I I ranted about this a little bit early, right before you came on here. That was kind of my opening, and the idea here that that that. Mayor Mitch Reynolds was going to hire a public relations firm. No, not, no, no, let's get away, away from hire. Okay. Contract, contract, contract. a public you relations firm. Okay. That's, and that's why I bring you on, Doug, because you're going to. So I, I, let me bring this up first. Doug, Doug Happel represents District 12 in the city, and you've been doing this for how many years? Well, for the city, 10 years, but I, had, I, I did this kind of stuff for the school district for about 30 years. Okay. And you might want to listen a little bit later here because I'm having Dr. Aaron Engel on. With the uh, with the school district after you, so well, and, I, and I'm sure they do. They do contract. They're not connected with with this issue, but I'm sure they they do contracting as well. Yeah, I mean they had to contract the school resource officer program. So uh, the, you know that a was very, a very good example. They're not they're not hiring the officers. They contract with the city for the officers. Okay, well, did we take that out to bid? Did we ask other police agencies to come in and and That's, be that school- would that would that would be what the that would be a school district decision. Uh, which they would not have to do, and again, I'm not sure where they would where they would find officers from for obvious reasons. Well, there's uh, a on Alaska. We could ask on Alaska. You could. I think the city hires La Crescent police to come do parking patrol during stuff like uh, maybe not Moon Tunes, but I thought uh, events. Maybe it was Moon Tunes yeah, earlier. You this summer. Actually, there, there are there are and and, and it, this can get very complicated, Rick. But yeah. there there is there are. Mutual assistant agreements between Lacrosse and all of our surrounding municipalities, which often takes its place in fire. If there's a big fire, someone someone will come right. in and help out. But let's say Oktoberfest and so forth, uh, there is you'll see state patrol officers here. You'll see people from other municipalities here, and that's that's because no one municipality can cover a great big event like that. Yeah, it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice way to go about biz- doing business is when everyone helps out everyone out. All right, so I, I brought up some examples before you came on here. Uh, the Lacrosse Center expansion we put out that for bid. Uh, the the we're trying to hire a homeless coordinator, which is a whole different thing. So we right. I don't know if we put that out to bid, but there's a no, whole you, job you, interview. Again, I'm, I'm going to keep interrupting you, Rick. Yep. Uh, you're, you're very correct. You say that's a, that's an employee yep. as, as opposed to contracting with a business. Now, yeah, and so that's that's how that's posted. When we hire police officers and firefighters, they are posted. People apply. There's a process that you go through, and then, and then you select the depending on many positions you have, you select whoever you think is the best and most qualified candidate, and that's that's ultimately what would happen with the homeless coordinator and that person. 
and that will be an individual, is actually an employee of the city once hired. If 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 we are contracting with someone to, uh, I, don't, I don't know what uh, PR company build build an architect for the lacrosse center. We're, we're not we're not hiring the architect himself or herself is not an employee, but their company is contracted with the city to work with us. And you know, you know it, it it sounds a little complicated, but uh, the IRS really gets fussy about stuff like that because in an employee we are having to pay the payroll tax with all of that and contracted companies we don't do that that's the company's responsibility all right so it sounds like we should just contract the uh, homeless coordinator every year so we can avoid taxes well if if, (laughs) no if if you did that we'd have a irs would be up up our back real quick (laughs) yeah you'd if if someone if you look like an employee you probably are an employee that's different than having a company come in all right so so there's, but when and when we say bidding process, then we're going to expand the lacrosse center, and we're going to we're going to get these companies to bid on the thing. There's still a there's still a fair amount of quote unquote job interview going on here because we don't just take hey they're the lowest bid we'll take them without vetting the group oh, that's course, doing of this right not. the you know and often to, and your preference is to take uh, you know cheap I am your preference is to take the least expensive, but uh, if you take the least expensive and and they cannot meet the requirements that uh, for the lacrosse and to put the right carpeting and put put the right air conditioning and all of that kind of stuff you you got a major problem so yeah yeah when you're contracting you're obviously interviewing the company uh but then when you select the company that you have a contract with them as opposed to an individual employee so did we did we not do enough or that that Mitch pulled this, Mayor Reynolds pulled this. The, the PR firm did, did some people want that to go out to 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 bid, so well, to speak, I, I, to more. I'll, I'll, I'll let Mitch speak to that. I I I, I did not personally see a. I, I think there were a couple of companies that I put in for something for this, but but I, I I'll let him speak to that. The the issue that was brought to my attention was was that apparently whoever the director uh, high up in this company had been a volunteer on Mitch's campaign. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is not a disqualifier. Now, if Mitch owned, if Mitch owned the company, that would not be a good thing. You no. know? So, so it, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of just because, because someone volunteered. If you volunteered on somebody's campaign, that doesn't prevent that, uh, your, your radio station from doing business with that particular governmental unit. Right. Well, some, sometimes this sometimes gets convoluted, but I'll, I'll let Mitch speak as to why he decided to pull it off. He was the sponsor, and by city uh, 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 procedures and so forth, whoever sponsors something has every right to pull it off. If I sponsored something for the city council and I decide I really don't want to do it, I have every right to pull it off. Yeah, and kudos to Mitch for for pulling it off because he said to me in an email that he heard from constituents and some city council members that they 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 had a problem with it. I, I'm it's buried in the middle of an email. But um, what uh, when we do this, when we put this out, uh, you know, for bid, so to speak, the city council doesn't vet this, but some group within the city vets it, and then you guys ultimately will approve at the end. Sooner, sooner or later, yeah. It's uh, in, in this in this case, whether it's Mitch or department heads, they are essentially the staff, and and much of what the city, nearly all, Rick, what the city council does, is 
is either taking or not taking recommendations from the staff. Yeah, yeah, we're not experts in everything, and we can't micromanage, but we rely very heavily on the staff to do something. And usually when something goes out, it's what, there's what's called a request for proposal, and you get one, two, twenty, fifty, whatever you get, you know, and 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 then you see what a price is and and what they can and what what they can provide, and then the staff makes a recommendation. And if the council has a question about that, we ask it. But one way or the other, the council needs to approve it because essentially all expenditures of city money uh, ultimately goes through the council. I'm going to get into the weeds here, maybe, Doug. We're speaking with Doug Happel, City Council Rep, District 12. Um, does the group that got pulled, so they, Mitch pulled this, but we knew how much the contract was for. Does that group get hurt here, and now we know we know what the price is? Because if you went out for bid, uh, other companies wouldn't know each other's bids, right? That's kind of, It's kind of like a secret. They, they, would, and, they would, but but by the same token, there's nothing nothing stopping that particular company or any other company from changing the number. I mean... Yeah, it's uh, we'd, we'd probably be naive to think that companies don't sort of have an idea, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what everybody's doing. Well, at this point, when Mitch says there were two companies and one was ten times higher than sixty thousand dollars, we're way off. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit. You'll you'll watch this uh, the group that was originally looking to be contracted with the city. You'll watch their sixty thousand dollars go up to maybe uh, two hundred thousand dollars next time around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who knows? Uh, I mean, that's called doing business. All right, so Doug, you're on the FMP committee. That meets uh, Thursday at 6 p.m. Yep. Um, online, and you can go to the South Side Neighborhood Center, right? That's where it's at, right? Uh, okay. It's it's uh, if, if people come there and the public does not require to wear a mask, but they're encouraged to wear them, and uh, it's also online. So uh, most people usually watch it nowadays uh, virtually. And can if, if people want to come and speak out against something on that budget, can they, do they have they to? Certainly, inform- they certainly can do that, and there is uh, you can sign up when you come into the Southside Center. There's. Uh, we have an assistant there who takes people's names down, and the people have a right to comment on something if they wish to do so. And they have three minutes? Three minutes. Okay, and we do that at the end, right? Well, no, you, well, you do it whenever that agenda item comes up. Oh, okay. There's, nope. okay. There's something that's like good. ten agenda items. If you want to talk on agenda item four, gotcha. whenever agenda item four comes up is when you do it, basically. All right. Anything, can you just, an overview of what we're going to see on Thursday, anything exciting on that agenda? Oh, not really. It's uh, most most of what we have. Uh, there's there's the approval of the the uh, should I should say the initial council approval of the capital improvement budget, but that was already approved unanimously by the city planning commission. So that's probably not too exciting. And most of what's on the uh, agenda, Rick, is uh, uh, approving our. You talk about bids. Are putting out for bids for. Uh, the, the the loans that we take out for capital improvement, mm-hmm. which sometimes gets confused with that the regular budget is like the salaries of of the people and all that kind of stuff. Capital improvement is something that usually has to last at least five or ten years. You know, like if we're buying a fire truck, that's yep. probably capital improvement, and we take out loans for that. And what we're doing is putting out bids in this case <laughs> for banks or investment companies. Uh, and, and we'll say not to exceed, I'll just make up a number, or not to exceed $5 million. And so they put out a bid for that, and uh, and then whoever comes back with the best bid, the lowest rate, is the one that probably is going to get selected. 
and this happens twice. It's going to happen at this meeting, and it's going to happen a month from now. The state statute requires us to do that twice. All right, so I got to come to the meeting, wait for that agenda item to come up, and then ask the council committee or the, the city committee if anybody has anybody that works at any of these banks that put out bids, any friends that volunteered for their campaigns, anything like that, any affiliation to make sure that we're not accepting bids from those well, you companies. You could do that or, or have you advertised on your radio station. <laughs> right, or advertised on the radio station, right. So um, I want to so, know. So I, you, I, I'd be careful, Rick, what you say, because you might be in trouble. Though. <laughs> yeah, I might be in trouble. Doug, you don't have any uh, banker friends that are going to be uh, – uh, benefiting from the proposal on Thursday, is it? Do you? I, I hope not. But if I own the bank, which then I then I probably wouldn't even have to be on the city council. But if I own the <laughs> bank, that would not be a good thing. Yeah, you would have. Uh, you wouldn't have all this time to come chat on the radio. <laughs> That's right. All right, Doug. Thanks. Get out there and mow your lawn. Okay. Thank you, Rick. Nice <laughs> talking with you. You too. See ya. Yeah. Bye. All right. That was Doug Happel, city council member, District Twelve. He's been what did he say? Ten years. Ten years been doing this. So he, he likes to give me a hard time. All right, we'll be back. Uh, Dr. Aaron Engel, Lacrosse School Superintendent. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Dr. Aaron Engel. It's the day before school, so he's not answering. Playing hooky on me. <laughs> so we'll see if he calls. I sent him a text and an email. And maybe it was my fault. Maybe I didn't tell him the right time. Maybe I told him tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, he's the lacrosse school superintendent. First day of school tomorrow. It's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny phenomenon when summer is over, right? School starts for so for all the kids, and summer's over, and it's a sad time for for children who have summers off. There's two schools in in the area here that do year round school, so they have. Uh, they have school most of the summer with a couple breaks in there, but for the rest of us, summer's not summer's over. But really, there's it's just the season. The only thing wrong with summer being over is we're just a little bit closer to the eight months of winter the way we have here in Wisconsin. And I would say that winter seems to be dwindling because we don't really get snow until really late in December, where it gets pretty cold out. Um, and my favorite season's fall. So the only difference between the summer months and fall is it's way more comfortable outside in the fall, and I like it so much better than summer. So when we say uh, summer's over, I don't really care. <laughs> for parents, I bet it's kind of a relief. Is it a relief for your parents? A little bit. Well, I guess you probably like your kids. So you probably like them at home, but a lot of you, I'm guessing, work. So you have to figure out what to do with your kids during the day, right? It, like you did all a lot of last school year. And so when summer's over and the kids go back to school, there's probably a little bit of a relief there that you don't have to worry about where your kids are or what, who's going to watch the kids, right? That's, that's a thing, right? <laughs> you have to do childcare maybe in the summer because you're, you're still going to work, a lot of you, and the kids are home for summer. Um, maybe some summer school programs. Maybe you just drop them off at the Y. I know some people that do that, I think. Uh, so, yeah, let me know. Like, what Parents, are you relieved now that summer's over? Because the kids are going back to school? 608-785-7914 is the talking sex side. I had so many good rants to do with, with Doc. He gave me a couple of good ones, too. They're um, long-range facility plans with uh, 
the prospect of going to one high school. So no Central and Logan. It would just be one high school. I bet a lot of traditional people in lacrosse would be really sad. What would the who would win the the mascot war there? Central just changed theirs. Logan's still the Ranger. Would we combine? Would we combine them or do do like a combo mascot? Does one win over the other? Do we just which school would we stay at? What would happen to the other school? So many questions. Engel throws that one at me, and then he doesn't answer his phone. Um, and then the school lunch program, he said uh, their policy is dir- directly contrast that of Waukesha. So I don't know exactly what that means, but the, the lacrosse school district isn't having uh, the school board vote against free lunches <laughs> because the kids are spoiled. That is just a wild story. I uh, just talked to Do- to Doug Happel, the Cross City Council member, about the whole bidding process, the hiring process, and we didn't dive too deep into it because if we did, then we would probably get really sleepy. I would. I'd zone out. Doug would be talking, and I'd be like, "What? What did you say, Doug? <laughs> what was that?" But um, and and this is this is. I mean, this is all part of the public comment discussion that I've been having for what seems to be about, I mean, on and off probably for a, for a couple months. And, and it really started uh, with the fish hatchery building in the North side of Riverside park, right? That building is going to be renovated is being renovated. Number three brings up how much they're paying to renovate that building. And um, it must be some very basic renovations if they're going to remake it into something that they haven't even solidified yet, right? Like if it's going to be a wedding hall or something like that, well, those reno- why would you renovate it until you know exactly what it's going to be, right? So when it's, I think it's like $400,000 to renovate that fish hatchery building, the old Explore Lacrosse building on the north side of Riverside Park. But when the proposal comes out, we're going to, we're going to change the zoning, I think, and make it a beer garden or make it a wedding hall or a combo deal. Uh, the neighbors in that area are like, mm, yeah, we don't like that. We don't. We're not cool with that. Uh, we don't want to do that. So uh, it just gets into the the whole public comment session. I think Doctor Aaron Engel is calling. Aaron. Yep, this is he. Hey. Sorry for arriving oh. a little late. No, that's all right. I uh, I filibustered pretty well, I think. Um, all right. So I I did say that you were playing hooky on me though. So that was, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, how, how's uh, late, it go- late attendance. So when I when I was when I was talking earlier, I tried to figure out how long you've been the superintendent because in the past one year, it's felt like it's five years. Was uh, this time last year your first year or your second year? This is wrapping up my first year in July, so okay. starting the start of year two, yeah. And that's what I thought because like because now you go into a, a school year for the first time ever with kids in class. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, it's incredibly exciting to see kids coming in tomorrow in person at the start of the school year. It's something we didn't have last year, so this is really awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a, a – not that you've never experienced this before, and you experienced it last year to some degree. Do you think the like faces are going to be – I mean, you, the, the look on kids' faces probably last year when they got to come back to school is probably pretty priceless, right? Absolutely, yeah. When we started second semester with kids in classrooms, getting off of buses, it was awesome. My favorite day of school every year is the first day of school, so it's nice that this year it's a little more traditional. Um, all right, so I, I did I did bring up a couple of things that that you you gave me some notes on, and I ranted about school lunch program yesterday. Um, yeah, does the beer by bike brigade have to uh, 
pay for school lunch. That I feel like they've done that in the lacrosse school district a couple of times, right? They've sent you big yeah, checks. Yeah, they have. They've been incredibly generous. We've got some, you know, kiddos that you know can't quite come up with the lunch money each year. And at the end of the year, the Beer by Bike Brigade comes through and raises a bunch of money and helps out those students and families that are struggling at the end of the year. And so we're so thankful for that generosity, and it really benefits a lot of our kids. Now, with COVID, have we changed the way that works and, and the federal government has come in and helped just get rid of that whole situation so school lunch is free? Yeah, one of the huge benefits of this pandemic is the federal government has paid for all school lunches and breakfast for all kids. So uh, an incredible benefit to, to families in our school district, uh, for which we're thankful, and so many kids benefit as a result. Have you seen a difference in just, I mean, are there, well, I mean, are you, you're not really, at, at, at one point we weren't doing school lunch in person, right? So you probably, that's when we had the, what, what did we call the lunch lady brigade? I don't remember what we called. Yeah. Lunch yeah. lady army. Um, so they were sending school lunches home to kids, right? But that, at, at the, when school came back in session last year, did you notice more? Did, do you think more kids were getting breakfast and lunch than, than in past? You know, you, you weren't here before, but maybe, the, maybe you have numbers on that. Yeah, I've talked to, to our, our cooks in the, in the schools, to our principals, to our teachers. More kids are eating breakfast. More kids are eating lunch. As a result of this uh, federal um, <clears throat> program for, for free school, lunch and free breakfast, we have definitely seen more kids accessing that. There's less of a stigma for some kids, too, you know, and it's easier for parents to be able to just take advantage of these programs. It's really been an incredible benefit for kids. It ensures that kids are ready to learn when they're in the classroom, so it's been wonderful. Now, families are really becoming spoiled with this free lunch, huh? <laughs> that's what that's what the Waukesha, that's what the, the people of Waukesha, I think a school board member had said. Yeah, I disagree with that. I only see incredible thankfulness from families and appreciation for that opportunity. And so I haven't experienced that here in La Crosse. Uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity for our kids. Now, in Waukesha, they have an assistant superintendent uh, for business services that said uh, th- that he feared there would be a slow addiction to the service of free school lunch. Um, you're going to, anybody under you saying stuff like that? <laughs> Uh, that is not something that I've experienced in the school district of La Crosse. Everyone that I've talked to, from TAs to AAs to teachers to administrators, all feel that free breakfast and free lunch for kids is the right thing to do to ensure that they're ready to learn every day. You sent me a note, too, that said your your policy at La Crosse schools directly contrasts with what Waukesha does. Um, can you explain that a little bit? I would just say our, our philosophy is, you know, try and get as many kids uh, a good, healthy breakfast and lunch every day. And any way that we can alleviate those barriers, we want to do so. And if the federal government is able to come in and help us ensure that that happens for every kid every day, we think that's wonderful. So, you know, we just don't hold those same views maybe as some folks over in Waukesha do. Now, could the school board do what they did in Waukesha and say, hey, we don't want this anymore? Uh, I, theoretically, okay. you know, we could. I can't imagine anyone in our community thinking that's the best idea for kids. Though. Right. So. <laughs> I just, I just throw it out there, just making sure. Um, does this? Do you know when this ends? When, when that would go back to what we were doing before? And do you, 
Do you do you would you like to see just maybe it continue or maybe the state do something just so we don't kids and families don't have to think about this at all? Yeah, it certainly can end. I'm sure there's a sunset to it. I think it's been extended on a year by year basis, so we know we'll have access to these programs throughout this year, um, at least through um, December. Um, I hope that the program continues. It alleviates the burden on families. Um, all of our families. It makes it easier to access uh, school breakfast and lunch for all kids and eliminate some of the inequities that we find. <clears throat> so it's really just a, a positive program and positive outcomes for kids. I think uh, just moving on, we're speaking with La Crosse School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel. A year anniversary into the job here at, in La Crosse. Um, you were in Galesville before, right? That's correct. For eight years, I want to say. Uh, just five. Yep. Five, five years. years in GET. Okay. Um, and so the the other co- the couple other things that you had on here. The, so the one that would that that people might just be most interested in, and it might be the easiest thing to talk about, is is maybe long down the road we're going to consolidate into one high school. But the other things you have on your list here: uh, Polytechnic School that opened last year, the Virtual Academy, um, and then um, expansion of youth. Is is any of those more? just hard hitting than, you know, just the long range. Cause we can always talk about the fact that we're going to go down to one high school down the road sometime, you know, is any of the stuff coming up that on the list here, more, just more important to talk about. Um, I, I think one of the really amazing things about lacrosse are the choices that we offer to families and parents to kind of meet their learning needs. And so having the lacrosse polytechnic open uh, downtown really takes advantage of uh, project-based learning, learning at a different pace. And so that's a really neat opportunity for to, you know folks in our community to access if they desire that. And then the, the Cooley Region Virtual Academy. We knew that some of our parents last year enjoyed the virtual experience or would really want it this year. And so we set up a virtual charter to ensure that we have that program um, now and into the near future. And so I think those are just highlight some of the amazing programs that we have here in La Crosse to ensure that we meet every kid's need to go along with our School of Technology and Arts and the Montessori and our International Baccalaureate program. It's just uh, neat opportunities across La Crosse for uh, kids to, to learn in different ways. I saw on your uh, Facebook post just uh, a couple couple weeks ago on my birthday actually uh the lacrosse engineering academy already started and with a with i guess they, you called it a training camp so right when the packers are starting training camp yeah. uh the lacrosse engineering academy is that just kids doing are, the, are those like kids working college classes just a little ahead of, of the game there um the engineering academy is really amazing it's hosted at western technical college so kids get access to top-of-the-line equipment. They get access to instructors from Western. Uh, we have our, our teachers there as well, leading kids to these programs. Our academies are, are real capstones to our career and technical education programs, including the Health Science Academy and our Construction Academy. Once again, just some really unique opportunities here in La Crosse that we're able to provide for our kids to explore career-to-work opportunities and get some real-world um, skills and some really neat connections to the post-secondary world. All right. And then um, you, you said this, and you're just going to have to tell me what it means. The Northwoods Elementary School becoming an international baccalaureate school. Did I say that right? 
Baccalaureate. Yeah, international. Yeah, baccalaureate. It's a fancy word. For <laughs> but uh, the the program there is really, really neat as well. It allows kids to really think critically in an international way. Uh, we want all of our kids to be ready to explore the world and to be uh, ready to be competitive worldwide uh, as they uh, go out. And so this international baccalaureate program really takes uh, a different approach to, to education and thinks about things uh, in a very critical uh, way and uh, really is um, a neat opportunity for our students to experience. It also uh, incorporates world language, so we continue to have Spanish instruction there uh, and just creates a well-rounded student who um, thinks about the world in a, in a unique way. I was given central teacher, John Havlicek comes on my show every once in a while. I was giving him a hard time because I feel like we teach Spanish way too late and we just need to start teaching it at a young age. And that's where Northwoods Elementary, they're doing that right there, right? Absolutely. Yep. From uh, 4K on, if you go to Northwoods, you're learning some Spanish. So we incorporate that all the way through. For kids that really find that a passion, we're able to take that on and, and, you know, create some certifications for students that um, really master that world language as they get through high school. All right. We're speaking with Dr. Aaron Engel, lacrosse school superintendent. I'm getting a text here from Tim that says, uh, is the school district looking at purchasing the train building? I think one of the train buildings is, is vacant. Yeah, it sounds like they're exiting uh, that building over by State Road Elementary. Um, <clears throat> we're in our facility planning, looking at all options, you know, if if our community thinks that one high school is in the future, obviously we would need a site. It's hard to find 40 available acres in the city of La Crosse. And so, you know, obviously if that comes up for sale, it's something we'd consider if the community wants to go in that direction. Yeah, because when you consolidate the high school, I was thinking like you would just, we would get rid of one of the high schools, maybe make it a lower elementary school or something and everyone would move into another high school but you're saying like we would just we would need to expand or get a bigger building for for the for the high school. Yeah, to accommodate the 1800 students we have, um, you know, the best approach would be uh, a new building to accommodate um, all those students and to really improve our high school facilities to meet modern learning needs. And if that were to happen if our community supports that approach, you know, one of the other benefits is it would free up our existing high schools for our middle schools to move into, and they'd uh, immediately get an upgrade with better facilities as well. So um, the the one high school, the new building approach there, if our community can support it or would like to, really elevates all of our secondary schools, 6 through 12. Now, is it a numbers thing and why you would consolidate in the one high school, or is it just having all the kids in one high school is better? Um, part of it is having enough space, right? So, you know, a, a new building would be necessary really to accommodate all of our students. And then there's efficiencies that you gain when you have a single high school as opposed to two. You know, we're more efficient with staff. We're more efficient with maintenance, with um, overhead and operational costs. Um, we'd be able to lower our overhead so we could do more for kids. Okay. would be really nice. Yeah, that makes sense. And then just would you... And then you're, some of the elementaries move into those high schools, and then way at the bottom, the, 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 eventually there's a vacant building. Would, would that get sold off or just used for something else? Or are more kids coming that are real young, and we would just they would go there, and there would be more, uh, what, middle schools and elementary schools? Yeah, so 
theoretically, the, the middle schools would go into our existing high schools, and we've got a number of buildings that are they're pretty old and need a lot of maintenance, you know, 60 to 80 years old at the end of their life cycle with, you know, tens of thousands of maintenance dollars needed, or tens of millions of maintenance dollars needed to, to really make them suitable as we move into the future. So the goal would be to move away from those buildings, decommission them, and potentially sell off those properties. All right. That's Lacrosse School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel. Uh, you have detention for being late. Aaron, so <laughs> I, so I will make sure that that happens. All right. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks to Dr. Aaron Engel. Even though he was late, still appreciate it. I think we covered everything I wanted to cover. I just had to talk faster. And uh, thanks to Doug Happel as well for coming in. Libertarian guy did uh, did text in, if they wanted to consolidate schools, why would they need the third site? Close one school, use the other. It sounds like they would still have a lot of the kids there. Uh, it sounds like maybe they can just consolidate staffing and whatnot. But anyway, do it all over again tomorrow.